HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I hope you guys are doing great, as always. And today, we have a fantastic episode. In fact, I think this episode is so good and so important that we're going to switch things up a little bit. I've done this once or twice in the past, um, but today, we are talking to Tim Slavin from the Oklahoma Outdoors Outreach Foundation. I met these guys at the Backwoods show a few weeks ago. I knew right away that I wanted to have them on the podcast and help them get the word out there on their events and stuff. And they have an event coming up pretty soon. So that's why I wanted to go ahead, kind of push this episode forward. And so I'm going to wait for my usual intro, just random jibber jabber type stuff until the end. And I'm just going to go ahead and get into Tim and I's uh, interview. So if you want to hear what's going on with me um i got some habitat stuff to talk about some turkey plans to talk about stick around till after the interview but again i want to make this episode first and foremost about the oklahoma outdoors outreach foundation and tim and the great things that these guys do so um yeah that's what we're going to jump into so we're going to hear a quick word from our partners we're going to get into the interview and then if you guys want to stick around and hear me ramble on i'm going to do that at the end so thank you guys for tuning in as always i would encourage you guys please listen to this episode um please reach out to tim and his organization help these guys out whether it be financially whether you can volunteer your time whatever it might be um for some reason this just really really struck a chord with me and I'm very passionate about it. So, so yeah, that's what we got in store for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you guys after the interview right after this. Although we've had some crazy weather the last few weeks, things are finally warming up and that means it's time to hit the water and do a little fishing. If you're looking to try something a little different this year, you need to check out Private Water Fishing. Private Water Fishing is a subscription-based website that gives you access to over 100 private lakes across Oklahoma and Texas. Y'all have heard me say it before, but these are not just little ponds. These are large, 10-plus acre, well-managed lakes that you get all to yourself. So go to privatewaterfishing.com and get fishing. Deer season is over, and now is a great time to pick up that property you have been dreaming about before next season. If you're looking to buy or sell a piece of property, give the hardworking agents at Arrowhead Land Company a call. Their vast experience and knowledge of the state gives them a huge advantage when it comes to buying or selling your property. Their agents stretch to all corners of Oklahoma, and they are quickly growing their team in other states as well. That's Arrowhead Land Company, 
Hardworking Agents for Hardworking Landowners. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. This year, more than any other, trail cameras played a huge role in me bagging two great Oklahoma bucks. And with all those trail cam photos pouring in, I looked to Deer Lab to keep everything organized and up to date. Not only is Deer Lab a great way to organize all those photos, but it can help you track specific deer and learn their habits using factors like wind, weather, time of day, moon phase, and of course, location. It's your one-stop shop for everything trail camera related. So check them out at DeerLab.com, and don't forget to use code OKLAHOMAOUTDOORS for 20% off your membership. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show, and today we're talking to Mr. Tim Slavin. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, good. And man, I uh, I ran into y'all's booth at the Backwoods show, and I knew right away that I had to get y'all on. And I was trying to to hurry a little bit because y'all have an event coming up, and I wanted to try to get this episode out before that event. But uh, before I get ahead of myself here, first let's just uh, introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll kind of get into to what we're really here to talk about. So, Tim, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Slavin. I live in Purcell, Oklahoma. And in 2007, um, I started uh, with a group of men, a uh, nonprofit foundation here in Oklahoma called Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation. And so we're right at a little over 15 years old now and have been going really strong and, and sharing our lives and, and our ministry with a ton of people in that period of time. Awesome. Yeah, the the Oklahoma Outdoors Outreach, and that's what we're here to talk about today, obviously. And, uh, man, like I said, I, I stopped by y'all's booth, and, and I don't I don't believe I talked to you. I believe I talked to another gentleman. But, like I said, knew right away this is something that I would love to, to promote on the podcast because I think what y'all do is, is just awesome. Um, so, so, real quick, why don't you give everybody kind of the, the 10,000-foot view, um, you know, what the foundation does and who you guys are. Okay, so what we do is we take disabled, chronically, and terminally ill kids and adults hunting. Um, we have, right now, we have scheduled for this year three events, a spring turkey hunt, a youth deer hunt, and then a kind of an all-ages uh, deer hunt uh, in December. And we have been doing that for many, many years. Uh, we've done fishing trips at Texoma. We've done camps for Children's Hospital. Uh, we've just done a lot of different things over the years um, that are very similar to what we still do right now. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. Uh, very, very cool. And so I got several questions I want to touch on here. Um, they'll all be pretty simple, but you know, mostly I just want to help people understand what it is y'all do and 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 really, you know, how people can can reach out to you guys and, and help or go on one of these hunts. And so um, my first question, pretty simple, is just, you know, who qualifies for one of these hunts? 
who qualifies as really anyone that's um, physically disabled, um, no matter what the condition we have. Um, it's like the upcoming hunt that we have in April. Um, we have five folks in that hunt that are in wheelchairs. Uh, a couple of them are quadriplegics. And so just anybody that's physically disabled, it really uh, is strictly physical dis- disabilities. <clears throat> gotcha. Gotcha. But it can also be someone that's someone that's deaf. If they have an interpreter, um, we've had folks with us in the past that were blind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been just a bit of everybody. Um, we have lots of, you know, uh, cancer patients that come to us that want to hunt. Um, we're not make a wish by any means, but we try to fulfill everything. We, uh, have a ton of equipment. Uh, we don't provide guns, but we have a ton of adaptive equipment that we can use to help people out to get them out in the field. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you, uh, bring up Make-A-Wish. I actually just learned a week or two ago that uh, I believe Make-A-Wish no longer does uh, like hunting and fishing wishes anymore. Um, so it's great that there's organizations like y'all that have kind of stepped up to fill that void. Because um, like I said, I don't think they grant, the, you know, basically I think the animal rights people got to them and they no longer grant those types of wishes. Right. I, I understood that myself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Um Let's talk about, you know, kind of where these hunts take place. Um, y'all are, you know, a private organization. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, just where the hunts take place, where people stay, where the actual hunting goes on, and just kind of how everything lays out. Our uh, spring turkey hunt and our youth deer hunt are both both held in northwestern Oklahoma, um, northwest of Fairview, Oklahoma, major county. Um, people will bring travel trailers to stay in. They can stay in the community center that we hunt out of on those two hunts. Um, we have folks that will pitch a tent inside the community center. It's fully equipped. It's heated, uh, not air conditioned, but it's heated. Um, and you know, they'll, they'll come in, pitch a tent or set up a cot or whatever the case may be, or bring a travel trailer. Uh, we'll have a lot of different people in travel trailers. And then some folks will uh, go into Fairview, uh, Oklahoma, and get a hotel or a motel, whatever the case may be, and stay in there. There's a lot of restaurants over there in case they want to grab something that we don't provide. And, and so that's where everyone stays during the hunt uh, over the weekend. The hunts generally are always uh, a three-day uh, three, three hunt, two-night, three-day hunt. And then we provide all the meals, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, during the hunts. Um, that's one of the things that we spend money on is providing meals. And so uh, as far as lodging and meals are concerned, that's all pretty well taken care of unless someone wants to go to a separate hotel. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And... Um are these hunts like, you know, in the fall when you're doing deer hunts and stuff like that, is are they usually all kind of based out of one location or will you have, you know, two or three, three locations going on at the same time or is it all pretty much centered in one spot? Uh, they're pretty much centered in one spot. The, like I said, the turkey hunt and the deer hunt is 
uh, those are held in that community center. It's Cheyenne Valley is where it's at. And uh, they're based out of there. And we go every different direction that we possibly can out of there. And then the hunt that we have in December uh, is held in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Okay. And we base out of the fairgrounds there and then go in every direction that we need to go to have the hunts. Okay. The hunts themselves are held um, completely on private land. It's all by donated land from, from private landowners. We don't hunt any public. We don't hunt any high fence. Uh, it's all fair chase hunts completely. And so we're, we're proud of our landowners. I mean, I mean the world to us. Uh, we couldn't do this without them. And so we have some outstanding landowners in Garvin County and in Major County, Oklahoma. Awesome. That's great. That's great. Um, so switching gears just a little bit, um, I know one thing that uh, y'all are always looking for are volunteers. So um, what are y'all looking for in a volunteer? Well, we're always looking for, for guides, of course, and uh, guides and all volunteers are subject to, to background checks, but uh, we're always looking for guides. Um, but we're also uh, always looking for people to help around the camp. Um, when you provide meals for, you know, 60 to 100 people, it takes quite a bit to coordinate all that. So we're always looking for that. Um, I, I kind of ask a lot of our volunteers, and, and they would probably smile if they hear this and agree with every bit of that um, because it is an enormous amount of work. I mean, whenever you have especially deer hunts, whenever you're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and cooking breakfast and making coffee and then you're staying up until, you know, whatever time at night cleaning everything up. So we're always looking for volunteers for that, and we're always looking for guides. Mm -hmm. um, so the guides, you have to be at least 18. And like I say, everybody's subject to background checks. Um, so help in the kitchen and help around camp, it's, you know, just whatever age, whenever you're, whenever you're handy. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned earlier that um, y'all do not provide a gun. Uh, so if you're, you know, looking to volunteer as a guide, um, are you supposed to bring a gun? Like what, what all gear does a guide need to be prepared to bring? Well, he needs to bring just his regular hunting gear, at, just like he was going hunting. Um, we have, uh, guides that will, that will bring guns along and let somebody use a gun because not everyone has them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll provide ammunition, um, if that's what's needed. We really leave it up to the hunters and, and their guardians to reach out to us to see what's needed. Um, most of the time they have exactly what they need, but. They just don't have a place, and they don't have someone to go with them. So mm -hmm. that's really where we gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, most of these hunts are these, uh, you know, ground blinds or tower blinds, feeders, food plots. What what kind of hunting scenarios are you talking about? All of the hunts are out of ground blinds. Um, we've probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty ground blinds right now, anywhere from you know, every every manufacturer, you know, Primos, Baronets, you know, a lot of double bulls, 
um, a lot of Cabela's, just a little bit of everything. None of them are exactly the same. Um, we have a lot of equipment that we have uh, purchased over the years from Bass Pro and Cabela's, um, like Bog Pod Death Grips. Mm. Um, those are the favorites of everybody right now to use because they're they're so easy to use, and you're not sitting there having to hold a gun all the time. And, um, and then we have adaptive equipment to where we have wheelchair uh, mounts uh, that they can use. We have actuators um, that they can push buttons and pull the trigger, and a guide can help them with that. And that's really for, um, you know, so if they're a quadriplegic, um, they have to have someone help them, of course. But, yeah, all, all the hunts are out of ground blinds. We don't do any towers uh, just simply because, you know, it's hard to get into them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we provide all of that equipment as well. Mm-hmm. And then is, are most of these hunts over feeders or uh, kind of a variation feeders and food plots? It, it uh, you know, in deer hunts, they're, most of them are over feeders, Um we kind of partnered up with Cast and Bang down in Walters, Oklahoma, and bought um, we bought a dozen feeders about a year and a half ago. Um, all seasons feeders is what we're using, mm-hmm. and those are out. I mean, they're you can stand on the ground and fill them, and we don't have to worry about the cows getting to them or anything else, hogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been using a lot of those. We do hunt some food plots. Uh, some wheat fields, different things, alfalfa, whatever. But um, it just depends on where we're at. Uh, a lot of places, uh, we're just using feeders. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, let's say that you know somebody's listening to this and they have a family member or a friend and they think that they qualify for one of these hunts. Uh, where should they go to to contact y'all and you know see if they can get signed up? There's a couple of different ways. Uh, we have a website, uh, of course, and then uh, Facebook is probably the best place to see us, simply because you can go through and see pictures from the beginning of when I set Facebook up until now. You can mm-hmm. go all the way through the hunts and different things that we've posted uh, through the years. But um, all the information to get in touch with us is on our website, and that's uh, OklahomaOutdoorOutreach.org. And uh, so it's really fairly simple. Um, but all the information is on there as far as getting in touch with us, phone numbers on there, addresses on there, everything uh, is, is on that website. Uh, so they can make a call. Um, once they call the number that's on the website, they're going to get me. Uh, I answer the phone. If I don't answer it, then of course just leave a message. Um, but you know that's the best way to to learn about us is to look at our website and to to go back and look at Facebook. And we're also on Instagram as well. But more than anything, it's Facebook. Gotcha. I'm guessing a pretty similar answer. But let's say somebody's listening to this, like myself, and. They want to get involved. They want to help out. They want to volunteer. Um, same place, or do they need to go somewhere else? Same place. Uh, send us a message on Messenger. Uh, we'll we'll get back with you. There's, uh, I guess, four of us that monitor Messenger. 
uh, on Facebook and one of us is going to get back with you. It may be, you know, a little while, but one of us will get back with you. There'll be a message that'll pop up saying that, you know, I don't remember exactly what it says, but mm-hmm. happy that you reached out to us. We'll get back in touch with you, but um, we will we will get back in touch with you because we do need volunteers always. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the thing about uh, volunteering with a, an organization like this, uh, we are a family. We truly are a family. This is not something that just some guys get together and do. Um, this is a whole bunch of us that get together on a regular basis and do this. And uh, so if, if someone's out there and they want to get involved in an organization and feel like that they're family, uh, it's a great place to go um, because you'll, you'll meet some great people um, and you eat some great food and have a, have a great time. And more than anything, if you're volunteering, I think you get more out of it um, as far as, the volunteer portion of it and what the hunters get out of it. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. it's a great place. Yeah. Awesome. So let's say somebody's listening to this and maybe they're not the most skilled hunter. Maybe they have a, a scheduling conflict and, you know, can't make it to the event, but they still want to help out. Uh, what are some other ways people can, you know, do y'all need help like beforehand or donations? You know, what's maybe somebody who can't make it to the event, but still wants to help the organization. Are there ways that people can still do that? Absolutely. Um, we always need donations. Um, one of the reasons why some of these organizations don't do this stuff is because insurance is outrageous in cost. And so that's one of our big expenses. And then, of course, food and everything else is a big, big expense. But um, we always need donations. And the best place to do that is, is go to face or excuse me, go to our website. There's a donation page on there. You can look it up. Um, it's set up through PayPal. But if someone doesn't have that, they can't don't have that capability. They can always mail it in. Um, the address on there is my home, and so it comes straight to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone that wanted to make a donation can do that. We will sit down and, and write you a receipt because it's a 501c3 nonprofit. It's completely tax deductible. So anyone that wants to make a donation can do it like that. Awesome. Great. All right. Uh, I got just a few more questions for you. Uh, one, maybe just kind of walk us through a day in the life, you know, whether you're there to, to hunt or to volunteer, uh, kind of, you know, the daily schedule or what the weekend's going to look like. Um, and then after that, uh, I want to make sure that we get the dates for these events. But uh, but first, just kind of walk us through. If somebody shows up to one of these events, what are they going to experience? Um. The turkey hunt coming up, and 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 I apologize to anyone that, that's listening. That hunt is full. I mean, it filled up really quick. Uh, we've got sixteen hunters, and that may not sound like a lot to someone out there, but uh, sixteen hunters is an enormous amount of folks to have uh, to find a turkey hunting spot in the state of Oklahoma right now because mm-hmm. turkey hunting is not as good as uh, what it's been in the past. Um, but you would show up around 12 o'clock. Um, everybody, you know, get together, you'd meet your guide. We always have some sort of giveaways, uh, for hunters and guides as well. Um, we try to make sure that we take care of everybody as far as getting them, 
you know, whether it's a, a backpack or whether it's a, you know, a range bag or, you know, uh, this particular one, um, we're purchasing t-shirts for everyone that shows up for this hunt. Um, and that may not sound like a lot, but you know, t-shirts, a t-shirt, I kind of like them myself, <laughs> but you'd get there at noon, meet your guide, get settled in, figure out where you're going to stay. If you're staying at the community center, you know, grab a snack. Uh, that will be on Friday, the 21st of April. Um, everyone will hunt that evening until dark, come back in, uh, have dinner, and um, sit around and fellowship together, spend some time together, and then everybody goes to bed, gets up bright and early the next morning, um, have some coffee, some juice, whatever, um, go out and hunt uh, Saturday morning. Come back in around lunchtime, have lunch, um, spend some time in the afternoon. Um, I'm pretty sure what we're going to have on that particular hunt uh, this time, um, we'll have some skeet shooting in the afternoon uh, for everyone that just you know wants to play around for a couple of hours, and then uh, go back out and hunt in the evening, you know, late afternoon. Come back at dinner time. Uh, on Saturday night, at every turkey hunt we've ever had, we have a kids turkey calling contest, um, which it'll be judged by three or four of us. Uh, and it's a legitimate contest. Uh, these kids really compete, so it's a lot of fun. Um, they get prizes. And, uh, and then this year, we're going to try to have a, kind of an extra game amongst the guides. Uh, at this hunt, um, because this is basically our 15th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll have some games so we can laugh at the guides and make fun of them. <laughs> um, go to bed, get up Sunday morning, go hunt. Uh, everybody has to be back in relatively early, you know, by 10 o'clock or so. Uh, get everything cleaned up, packed up, and then... Um, 11 o'clock every Sunday that we have a hot, um, we have a church service, of course. And um, it just depends. It, we've had all kinds of different people over the years um, preach and speak, give their testimony. Um, and I'm not 100% sure um, who's going to be there at this hunt, but we'll, there'll be someone that will be there at this particular hunt uh, in the spring. And then the deer hunts are kind of the same thing. Um, you hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back in. Um, our youth hunt, we always have a ton of stuff for the kids that go on the youth hunt. They always get backpacks and flashlights and whatever. Um, I've always kind of thought camouflage uh, packs were a lot of fun for kids. So they always get those so they can paint themselves up before they go hunt. Mm hmm but um, that's kind of the itinerary with these hunts. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't change a whole lot. We do have, uh, in Paul's Valley, we have a big dinner every year on Saturday night. We invite all our landowners in, and uh, we do have a, a fundraiser down there on our Saturday night hunt in Paul's Valley, and that one's in December. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't give you exact dates for the the hunts the 
youth hunt will be youth weekend in October, and it's usually the second weekend in October. And then the all-ages hunt is usually the last weekend, November, first weekend, December is when that is. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. Man, I, I really appreciate this. Um, I talked to you before. I, I'm hoping to make it out for at least part of the time on this turkey hunt uh, coming up. And uh, So, yeah, I hope a lot of good comes from this. Um, real quick, before I let you go, I want to make sure people know where to find y'all. So uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us you know, website, Facebook, all that good stuff, just whatever, however you think people need to get a hold of you, let us know how to do that. Well, our Facebook page, of course, is Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach. Our website is oklahomaoutdooroutreach.org. And the information is really on both of those to get in touch with us. There's a phone number on there. Um, Our website's on both of them. And the address, I think, is on both of them as well. So if someone wants to mail something in or whatever, they can do that. Um, So that's how you get in touch with us. Um, But... One thing I really want to stress to everyone listening that if they have any questions about who we are and what we are and what we do is to go on both of those and take a look. Um, And you'll see, especially our website, our website has been redone this year, early this year. Um, It's a little more interactive than what we've had in the past. There's a couple of kids that are on the first page that you'll see, um, one that's been with us for some time now that's just a super little kid. His name is Heston. And then there's another one that's on there um, that went with us on a deer hunt down in Paul's Valley last year. Um, never hunted before in his life and shot his first deer, shot his first buck and his first doe. So, um, you know, just had a great time. The, the smiles on these kids are unbelievable. So that's how you find out about us. And then, and then the other thing I'd like to add that we're unusual as far as an organization is concerned. We are all volunteers. Everyone in the organization is a volunteer. No one gets paid to do any of this, and we never have. And so I pride myself in, in starting an organization like that. And I pride myself in running an organization like that and keeping it that way. Um, we've had a lot of people try to kind of change that over the years. But as long as I'm part of it, it it's not going to change. That's what it's going to be. We're going to be all volunteers. Fantastic. I love it, Tim. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was great. This was fantastic information. And all I can say to anybody listening to this is please help these guys out, uh, whether it's a financial donation or giving up your time to come out and help them. Uh, it, it it just sounds like a fantastic cause, and I'm going to try to get involved myself. So, uh, man, Tim, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, any other uh, tidbits before we get going here? Not really. Um, you know, it's just, like I say, it, I think you'll get a lot more out of it when you volunteer for something like this than you could ever expect. I mean, that's why I got involved in doing it. I've done this for almost 20 years. I started with another group and, and worked with them for a while and then decided to go this route. But you get so much out of this. It's unbelievable the feeling that you get to, to give back to people that can't do for themselves 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tim, so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope you'll get a lot of uh, a lot of hits off of this thing, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing all this with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. There it is, folks, the Oklahoma Outdoors Outreach Foundation. Thank you, Tim, for coming on and sharing all that information with us. And, guys, I can't uh, stress this enough. Like he mentioned, the hunt itself, this turkey hunt, is full. But if you have some spare time, if you're not too far away, if you're looking to get out there and do something a little different, please think about volunteering your time. I plan not to be there. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it the whole weekend, um, but I plan to be there probably at least Saturday afternoon and into Sunday. So, so yeah, thanks again, Tim, for coming on, sharing all that great information with us. All right, we're going to transition here just a little bit. We're going to go into kind of... Just my random side that I usually like to talk about. I got a few things to bring up here, just with my own personal uh, hunting and, and upcoming hunts and habitat stuff. So, man, where to start? I think I'm going to start off with uh, the habitat stuff that I've been trying to do this spring. Got some new good things. I got some bad things. The first thing is, uh, you know, man, it's been like probably four or five weeks since I got out there and I dozed my uh, my fire break for the, the burn that I wanted to do this year back there in the canyon. And I just, I'm starting to get afraid that I'm not going to be able to get that done. Um, the weather and my schedule just will not cooperate and line up together. We've also just seemed to have like an early spring this year. Everything's getting super green already. Um, it's what it's not even April yet and everything uh, is already getting super green. And so I still want to. I'm still looking at, at weekends and stuff and the weather. Uh, yet again, you know, this weekend it looks like it's going to rain on Friday and which means probably wouldn't be able to burn this weekend. And so I, I still want to do it. I'm just honestly not sure if I'm going to be able to get it done, which is going to be a huge bummer. Uh, one, that I already put into the work to do it. And two, I, I've just kind of been counting very heavily on getting that burn and getting some more cover, uh, you know, some more, basically being able to hold some more deer. Um, and so if that doesn't work out, I'm going to be very, very sad about it. Uh, on the upside, um, I did something that I, I had been thinking about. I really wasn't planning to do it until next year, but I don't know why. I just kind of got a whim. I got inspired and I went online and I ordered some real world wildlife switchgrass. Um, I got enough for, uh, I got the smaller bag, which they say is good for two to three acres. And I'm not doing it really for much of a bedding area type thing, which is probably what most people think of when they think of switchgrass. I'm going to use it more for screening. Um, and so I got two food plots in particular that it, one of them has always been a little bit wide open. One of them is usually pretty decent uh, as far as, you know, getting good access and stuff. But uh, it's the one in the back, uh, my biggest food plot. And last year, I've talked about it before, you know, with the drought, my brother ended up having to put the cows back there, left them back there for a while. And they just kind of hammered it. And it hasn't really recovered because we, even after we pulled the cows, we still didn't get any rain during the growing season. Um, and so we've had a lot of rain. It's great growing conditions. Uh, we actually got a new plow, um, something I had never heard of, but it's called a finishing plow. And so it's made to not actually really cut down deep into the dirt like a traditional plow. It's supposed to be more 
um, gosh, I don't know what the word is. Um, you know, everybody's pushing no-till drilling and stuff for soil health. And basically, this is a plow that kind of accomplishes those same goals. And so it doesn't go super deep. And you can adjust the angle of it. So, you know, when you want to really tear up the ground and everything, make it a steep angle. When you're ready to kind of get that good, solid, nice, smooth seed bed, you can lessen the angle. And like I said, it's a finishing plow. It's made to get you a nice, good, solid seed bed. And so I'm going to do that. And then we have a colt packer. And so I haven't decided if I'm going to broadcast the seed or use the colt packer. Um, I haven't used the colt packer a ton. And with such a small seed amount, I want to say for the, the two to three acre bag is only 10 pounds. Uh, which is like nothing when you're talking seed per acre. Uh, so I'm not sure I trust putting this expensive seed in the cultipacker. And so I might just broadcast it. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But um, anyway, so my plan is to uh, widen the food plot out. And in that, I'm going to put the switchgrass. I'm going to make it uh, pretty much on two sides of the food plot. And so that would cover my access. And then on one side, I'm going to make it a little thicker where we're up against the neighbor. I'm going to try to push the deer off the neighbors a little bit. And that would probably probably be an area that's thick enough for some deer to bed in if they really wanted to. But it's not what I would really call like a bedding area. Um, so yeah, so that's the plan. So got the switchgrass coming. Going to pick up some soybeans. Um, I'm probably going to go ahead and get the switchgrass in the ground. Probably not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. Um, because I think it needs to be planted a little bit earlier when it's still fairly cool. And I was going to go ahead and plant the soybeans, but... After doing a little research and thinking about like hunt, you know, hunting over these soybeans next year, uh, I think I'm going to wait and plant them a little bit later, either late April, maybe early May, something like that. Because, uh, like again, I'm probably most likely I'm going to leave half the soybeans and or half the food plot and soybeans, and then. Uh, replant the other half into more of a fall food plot type thing so i'll still have some standing beans still get the benefit of that for early season and then even super late season and then the other half of the food plot will be just kind of a normal fall food plot type thing so so that's pretty exciting um again i've i've just i've learned a lot more about switchgrass i know some people kind of go back and forth on whether it's a good thing versus just like regular native grass um, but again, I'm, I'm using it more for screening than I am for bedding. Um, if it, you know, turns out great and I love it, maybe I'll order some more next year and make a, a larger like bedding area type thing with it. But I think for what I want, uh, this year, I think it's gonna be great. Uh, I also talked to my brother about redoing a couple of our fences to, uh, really benefit both of us. Um, you know, I want to keep the cattle out of a few more areas, um, I'm going to basically give him some more area for the cattle. Um, and so again, he'll get a little bit more pasture. I'll get a little bit more no cattle area. And so it's going to work out for both of us. So, so yeah, uh, like I said, habitat wise, still hoping to burn. Not sure it's going to happen. Got some, uh, some, uh, wow, just went blank. Got some switchgrass. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Got some switchgrass on the way. And uh, as I mentioned, I am for the first time ever going to try to do a spring soybean planting. Uh, I told myself I was going to do it last year. When it came down to it, I just didn't feel like I should spend the money on it. Uh, but this year, I'm again, I'm trying to hold more deer, trying to give them more of a reason to come stay on our property. And so I am going to plant some soybeans this spring. 
Uh, what else here? Turkey season. That's what I wanted to get to also. So, uh, something that I don't know why I hadn't thought of it earlier, but, uh, again, I have my sister who now lives in Nebraska, uh, married a farm boy. His family has, uh, quite a bit of farmland. It's where I went and, uh, did my whitetail hunt last year. And on that, uh, deer hunt, I saw a few turkeys and for whatever reason, I was just like, you know, there's a lot of turkey content coming out right now. And uh, I was like, man, I saw some turkeys. And uh, and the thing is, the thir- turkeys that I saw were Merriam's also. And I've never killed a Merriam. That was the first time I'd ever even seen a Merriam turkey. Uh, and so I did a little research and come to find out Nebraska has an early archery turkey season. And it lines up with uh, a conference that my wife uh, is going to go to um, in, for her work. And so I'm going to... Take some time off work. I'm going to take our child with me, <laughs> and my sister's going to help me babysit. And I'm going to go to Nebraska and do some archery turkey hunting. So, very excited about that. Um, one thing that, again, like I never, it never even registered. Uh, you know, I've killed an eastern turkey, I've killed Rio's. If I were to kill a Merriam's, I would be three quarters of a way to a turkey super slam. And so if that were the case, again, I'm not like a huge turkey hunter. Um, I feel like I've gotten more into it than the you know last couple years. Um, if I were to get a Merriam's turkey, I would be awfully darn tempted to look into a Florida hunt to go get uh, an Osceola and complete c- complete the Super Slam. So, so yeah, that's kind of in the back of my mind. Or the the hunt is happening. I am planning to go. Um, I haven't got to see my sister's new house that they just built. Uh, so yeah, very excited about that. Um, and then also at the same time, I plan on doing a bunch of scouting for deer. Uh, because I plan to go back this September for the early archery season. And so it's going to be a great two for one. Um, again, one of the things that I, I learned last time I was there was that, uh, my sister's father-in-law can basically get me access to hunt on just about anywhere I want to in a couple mile radius. Uh, and so I'm going to be talking with him before I go up there. I'm going to try to get permission on, I think at least two of their neighbors. And so while I'm up there, Obviously, going to do some turkey hunting, uh, but I'm going to do a bunch of deer scouting also. I thought about even maybe taking a couple cameras with me. I still have one up there that uh, I never took down after last season, um, so that'll be cool to check, see what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I a couple two of their neighbors I think could be some really really good deer hunting, and so selfishly. Yes, I'm going to go turkey hunting, but a big part of the reason I want to go is also to do some deer scouting. And, of course, hang out with my sister, obviously. That's a big part of it, too. So, so yeah. Uh, so, that'll be my first turkey hunt of the year. That will be, I believe, the first week in April. Um, it is, like I mentioned, it is with a bow. I'm not a huge turkey bow hunter. Um, I don't really know why. I just... For some reason, I don't know where I even heard it. I just remember hearing an interview a few years ago that, like, turkeys are made to be killed with a shotgun. They're not really made to bow hunt. Uh, they just have, you know, a pretty small, vital area. Um, I have shot one or two turkeys with my bow that I have not found. So I kind of have that bad taste in my mouth, but that's just kind of the only option I have because uh, I don't think I have an opportunity to go later in their shotgun season. So I think it's also going to be a pretty challenging hunt because I think they're far enough north that that's not really when the breeding season is. And so I, I think they're going to be, you know, probably doing some gobbling, but I don't think they're going to be like just gobbling their heads off. I don't think they're going to be super aggressive or anything like that. So it could be a very challenging hunt. 
Um, but yeah, still very, very excited for it. As far as my other turkey plans for the year, still trying to figure that out. Um, man, I have a busy couple of weeks coming up. Um, and I just don't know. I'm sure at some point I'll be able to sneak away. Just not sure exactly when that is. I don't think I've mentioned on here. My wife and I are actually going to go on a vacation the week after that. Um, and we're going to go to Gulf Shores, Alabama, spend some time just literally sitting in some chairs on the beach doing absolutely nothing. Very, very excited about that. Uh, work's been pretty crazy. Her work has been even crazier than mine. And so we just need some time to, to just hang out and do nothing. So, uh, but I believe the weekend, the week will be gone is Oklahoma's opener. So that'll be pretty tough. Um, I, I think, uh, I think Texas opens this coming weekend. Um, and you know, I have my buddy's place out in West Texas where I killed my bird last year. Uh, again, still same open invitation, just trying to find some time to get out there. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. So, so yeah, that is exciting. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, technically I can hunt three states this year for turkeys, which I've never done before, never even really thought about doing before, but it's pretty exciting. So there's a chance I could kill a Merriam, Eastern and Rio all in the same year. So who knows? Probably not going to happen, but it is possible. So what else, what else do I have to, t- to share with you guys? Oh yes. One last thing. Um, Last week's episode, if you listened to it, uh, like I said, much more of a serious episode. Uh, tackled a few more of the tougher issues going on in the state, a lot of legislation. One thing that I found out about before that episode released, but unfortunately I'd already you know, recorded the episode, edited it, and sent it off and everything like that. Uh, but there's been some talk about pulling CWD regulations away from the wildlife department and giving them to, I, I believe, like the ag department, like the, the department that, you know, talks about uh, farming and ranching practices and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I haven't dug into this too awful much, um, but I think that sounds like a terrible idea. Um, why would you take something so potentially serious away from the department that, you know, <laughs> employs biologists to study stuff like that and give it to the ag department that has much much different um, interest and concerns i just don't understand that whatsoever so that's another big one Uh, i already have a few more episodes lined up with uh, two guests at least Um, we're going to be talking about these issues a lot more the cwd the velvet season um, the kansas trail camera ban all those topics that i covered last week um, because uh, you would be amazed. Like I had a record record number of messages over the last two weeks about all this stuff uh, that's happening in the state right now. People are very concerned for good reasons, um, and so I do want to cover it some more. Uh, so be looking forward to those. And then we're gonna once again probably get back to a little bit more lighthearted stuff. Um, you know, I don't want this podcast to be too awful dang serious. You know, I really try to keep it lighthearted. But again, the stuff that's going on right now is very serious, and it has some big, big consequences to the future of hunting in our state. So I want to make sure we cover this stuff, and I want to make sure the word gets out there. So other than that, that's pretty much all I have for you guys this week. A little bit shorter of an episode, um, but again, the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation Really wanted to get them on before their event. Try to get them some more volunteers, maybe some more donations. So uh, check out their website. Check out the Facebook page like Tim talked about. 
If you guys have any uh, topics, any concerns about the stuff going on, um, I listened to another podcast about the the proposed velvet season. Um, man, there's a lot more to it when you get underneath the surface. Uh, then, yeah, I don't know. Uh, one thought that I had was, you know, they keep talking about how it's going to be a draw hunt, um, and I don't really understand the the thought behind that. Um, you know, if it if it counts towards your two buck limit anyway, I don't really understand why you would need to draw the permit for it. Um, if it was going to be a bonus tag, I completely understand the draw process and and why you would want that. Um, but if it is going to count towards your normal bag limit anyway, uh, personally, I don't understand why you would need to draw the tag. So anyway, we're going to cover that way more in depth in the next couple weeks, so I won't get into it anymore. Thank you guys for checking out this podcast. Thank you guys. Uh, for listening to me ramble every week. Thank you so much for the support. And until next time, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. You have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection.